I was in the fitness space. I was in CrossFit for years. I had a gym, hundreds and hundreds of clients, whatever. 99% of people in the fitness space know jack shit about nutrition. This is why it's always important to focus on the first principles of the things we know for sure. Why is it so ridiculously easy to gain fat and so ridiculously difficult to lose it? Welcome back, fellow humans. Colin here, the Wild CEO, for another video pertaining to fat loss, fat gain, weight gain, management, et cetera. Now, I cover this topic a lot. I've been covering it more so, and it seems like it's ad nauseum. But the point is, anything that helps you lose weight, I mean, actually, I shouldn't say anything. (laughs) Generally, better things you're doing that are based on biology that help you lose weight are also the things that make you a healthy human. So really, when I talk about weight loss or maintenance or anything like that, I'm trying to help you build and maintain homeostasis at the lowest genetic, kind of lean, natural body type that you're meant for, because it's in there somewhere. If you don't have it right now, your body type is in there underneath layers of fat. And today's a quick video on just one simple, specific idea of how to think about this, because the more you can understand human biology and the more you can wrap your head around things like fat loss and gain and maintenance and this and calories in and calories out and how much is that and that, what, like there's a lot of confusion here because obviously there's a lot of profit to be made from your confusion. I got a bunch of other videos on this that go into tips and specific strategies. So today's video is just a way to think about when you're eating, when you're not eating, the seasons, food available in nature, et cetera. So this is from a book that I just started reading, Don't Eat for Winter. Good book. I recommend it. In essence, we are designed to store energy in the form of fat quickly and use it slowly. It is typically easier to gain weight than it is to lose it, as we all know. Putting up weight is natural and healthy once it does not become chronic and perpetual. So we need to consider that our eating habits are now out of sync with nature and the way it was has cleverly adapted and shaped your bodies and minds over countless millennia. We need to restore our natural eating habits as best as possible in order to become the optimum version of ourselves. I actually plan on making quite a few videos on this. I'm also going to probably do a longer podcast where I read through some of my highlights. You can get on the AM5 newsletter to make sure you don't miss those over at Colin.coach. And there's a lot here. It's a lot of things that I've been intuitively understanding and reading about for years from different disparate sources, different books, et cetera. But it's based on hunter-gatherer way of life. It's based on the seasonality of nature and what foods are available in nature, in the wild, and how often. Now, this is one of those data points where I feel like modern science and research has failed us because they don't account for other variables. When you study chimps, when you study a lion or carnivore or a ruminant animal or whatever it is, you're trying to study what is their natural habitat and how do they interact with that habitat on a regular basis? How do they respond? Do they migrate? Do they not? Do they stay in one area? Do they roam around? This is all very well understood when you study any biology whatsoever. Yet when it comes to studying humans... Due to various ego, status quo bias, even politically driven corporate agenda, we ignore this type of research or it doesn't really get the attention it deserves because somehow we believe falsely in these false idols, doctors and researchers in a lab, they're supposed to tell us how to live and eat. Well, if you follow my channel at all, you know that it's complete and utter farce. This is about giving you the critical thinking, empowerment, getting you back to thinking for yourself, questioning these supposed experts instead of just defaulting to the basically being disenfranchised to think for yourself. That's what it is. That's what the corporations have been doing. The doctors have been doing through billions and billions of dollars of marketing and through a lot of really bad nonsense in the American culture. We've been led to believe that doctors know everything. You don't question them. You do what they say and you're supposed to take a pill. And that's that. This entire book is about the idea that 
for a certain time of the year, there's carbs and plant foods available in abundance. Fruit is in season. Bears, other mammals, birds will use fruit. They will optimize for and seek out very sweet produce, for example, fruits, and they will use that to fatten themselves up for winter. Because then when winter comes around, food is harder to come by. Plants are harder to come by. And there's basically no fruit. And if you look at the amount of calories that humans need to survive, you can, again, you have a very simple metric to see how humans are not a plant-based eating species or a fruit eating species or some of the other ridiculous outlandish ideas like fruitarianism and things like that. It's so obvious to see when you actually look at what goes on in nature. Now, let me ask you a question real quick. When was the last time you went out in the woods or on a hike? How much food did you see? We have a lot of wild wilderness out here in Austin and trails and all kinds of great stuff. If I had to survive in that environment, I would be hard pressed. Not only do I have no clue what plants are usually edible, but it's not like there's fruits growing in orchards all over the place. There's not model crops of edible human food just sitting there. So the book is about the theory of we are supposed to eat certain plant foods at a certain time of the year before winter. We're supposed to be good at gaining fat which is also what you get into the thrifty gene hypothesis, which is basically the idea that our hunter-gatherer ancestors were supposed to be good at getting fat when certain foods were available, like let's say before winter, and then going for long periods of time without really as many calories or as many kills or as many food or this or that. And that's why we have things like intermittent fasting that are so good for you. And so the thrifty gene hypothesis is that humans that would have been good at gaining fat and then good at burning it off for long periods of time with little or no food for periods of time would have been those that survived and passed along their genes. And if you think about the world we live in today, where we have food everywhere all the time, and where most of the food that people eat is from the plant kingdom, full of carbs, sugar, etc., And then most people are obese. Like it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see what's going on here. The potentially millions of doctors and individuals in big food and big pharma that prop up this status quo what they tell themselves is that, well, it's just 150 million plus Americans and even more millions around the world in other industrialized countries. They're just lazy. They don't exercise and they eat too much food. That's what they convince themselves of because they believe falsely in the simple energy balance that it's about how much calories you eat and it's how much calories you expend and how much you move or don't move. But then I say as sarcastically as I possibly can, do you really think it's just 150 million Americans, humans, homo sapiens sapiens? Do you think that they're just all lazy? They just all don't move or whatever. You think it's as simple as that? No, it's not. There's other things going on. It's this dogma around low fat, plant-based diet, being healthy, better, whatever, pushed on to the American public and at this point in other countries going on too. And then trying to justify with really bad epidemiology research that's usually funded by big food companies and big pharma. I kid you not, this is literally the accidental conspiracies, as I call it, that are propped up and that perpetuate the ridiculous narrative that we have today that quite literally kills 1.5 million people plus a year in America alone. Heart disease, cancer, number two, medical error, number three. It's probably even closer to like 1.7 to 2 million people a year die from lifestyle-related diseases because they listen to their doctor, they take their drugs, and they eat the same BS. I've even heard of examples of somebody that was pre-diabetic going in for a nutrition consultation in which the nutritionist gave him 
crackers and said, oh, well, you need to keep a butcher up. So here you go. Make sure you eat these. And he started asking questions like, well, wait a second. That's kind of like seems like a bad idea. Like, And she's like, oh, well, your blood sugar is probably low. You're, you're probably not feeling very clear headed. You're probably being moody. Here's some crackers. That'll fix that. Like it's. <laughs> oh, gosh. People with their blind trust in ivory tower and the intelligentsia and these doctors and researchers and whatever. And actually, here's a good website to go to. I believe it's called uh, retractionwatch.com. I'll find a link to that. But it's the most retracted research papers ranked by doctor or research or whatever and a ranking. And it's constantly being updated, whatever. And there's just like top 10. There's some scientists and researchers that have had quite literally all of their work retracted. Yet for years, they were cited. In fact, the top 10 list is actually research papers that are still cited to this day that have this thus been retracted. Yet they're still included in a bunch of other research that quotes them and picks out and whatever. There is so much issue with peer review, with the entire journal publication and the gatekeepers and all the nonsense. Like there's so much bias. There's so much cherry picking of data and there's literal downright fraud. There's also accidental fraud where you manipulate data in a certain way or you like don't account for this variable and like you kind of see things in the numbers. It's ridiculous. I'm actually reading a book, Science Fiction. It's very, very good if you're interested in this. I highly recommend. It will definitely make you question pretty much anything you ever hear from research again. So back to the book. We think about how there are certain foods in nature that we would have eaten, and then we pretty much would not have eaten them for like the majority of the year. Think about how that is today. So you have people that tell you that fruit is always healthy no matter what, right? I don't necessarily debate that. I guess if you ate enough fruit and consistently, you're definitely going to have issues. Uh, you can fill up fructose in the, in the liver. If you already have metabolic issues, it's not going to help you. So in that case, it's actually not healthy. But this is a dogma where people say things like, well, if somebody tells you fruit is bad or don't eat fruit, run far away from them. They don't know what they're talking about. Like This is just the simplified BS nonsense that you get from the calories in, calories out crowd, usually found in the fitness space. People that work out and take drugs on a regular basis like to dole out nutrition advice as if they know what they're talking about. I can tell you right now, I was in the fitness space. I was in CrossFit for years. I had a gym, hundreds and hundreds of clients, whatever. 99% of people in the fitness space know jack shit about nutrition. This is why it's always important to focus on the first principles of the things we know for sure. We know that hunter-gatherer, man and woman, were beasts. They were lean and fit and strong. And we know what their food environment looked like. We know that's why fasting is good for us. We also know that the primary first principle that I base everything on my company, everything I do is real food. Everything's based on real food. Even if you did eat fruit year round or whatever, and you kind of gained some weight and lost or whatever, I don't think that's the end of the world. I think that the human being, as we actually see from this in the book, that we're actually good at gaining fat and we're good at burning it off. But the problem here and the really big takeaway from this entire video is this. Mother nature forced us to burn off that fat because mother nature didn't serve us up on a platter food year round. Today, in our current food environment, we can serve ourselves food, highly energy-dense food, highly sugar-dense, grain-dense, toxic vegetable oil-dense food on a year-round daily basis. And the only person that's going to control what we put in our mouth is us. This is not what humans are designed for. We are designed to eat food. And if it's tasty, we want to eat as much of it as possible because, as again, this book shows you and this quote shows you, our brain is constantly in the mode of food is scarce. I need to get fat now because when winter rolls around, I don't want to die. That's quite literally almost everything you need to know about nutrition in a nutshell. Eat real food, control your energy intake, which is carbs and fat and certain carbs and sugar and things like that. Go periods of time without food. If you're going to gorge at times and like gain some weight or whatever, I mean, okay, but it's even harder to readjust back down to a baseline because your hormones get used to it, your mind gets used to it, and your body's quite literally designed to eat food anytime it sees it. 
This is why it's so easy to gain weight, gain fat, and it's so hard to lose it because nobody is restricting you from eating energy all the time, year round, every single day, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I want to keep this video shorter, but I kind of went off a tangent there. When it comes to fat loss and maintenance and health and all these things that you have to really contend for in our modern environment, the more you understand about how these things work, the more you can have these subtle cues or subconscious that will kind of kick in and remind you of certain things. Like, wait a second, I'm not hungry right now. Do I really need to eat breakfast? Or can I skip this meal? Do I even need dinner? In fact, I don't really feel good all day. No appetite whatsoever. Maybe I could be fine not having any food today. And then you ask yourself, am I just gorging on energy right now? Am I just like loading up on this bag of like gluten-free cassava chips? Am I just eating like tons and tons of fruit? Am I snacking because I'm bored? Am I emotionally eating? The more you understand why your biology does that, the more you'll have subtle cues that will pop up in your subconscious that will prevent you or at least give you like a halt to kind of question what you're doing. And through that awareness, through building up your knowledge, the better you will be at making better food decisions. Let me know what you think about this below. Questions, comments, anything. If you want to add value to other people that are going to watch this video, drop that comment below. Subscribe for more because I'm putting out a video a day and I'll see you in the next one. Please always remember that the members of the Ancestral Mind podcast are not, in fact, medical professionals. They're not doctors. They're not nutritionists. They are simply providing this entertainment for you to do your own research and to entertain yourselves. So please consult a physician before changing your diet. Not everything works for everybody. And make sure you always do your own research on everything you hear on this show and outside. We just launched our Patreon, so if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash Colin Stucker. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash C-O-L-I-N-S-T-U-C-K-E-R-T. We will have exclusive updates coming. It will also give us more opportunities to invest more in the show and release more shows. Some other bonuses with the different tiers. Check it out over at patreon.com, and thank you for your support. Another way that you can support the show is you can head over to Wild Foods and use code AMPODCAST12 for 12% off your entire order of real food, superfood, supplements, and ingredients. These are products that I've been using myself in my daily life for years. I recommend checking out our fish oil and our collagen. And also make sure you check out the Cocotropic. It's one of my favorite products. Cocoa, mushrooms, delicious. Head over to wildfoods.co and use AMPODCAST12 for 12% off your entire order. I want to let you know about my newest podcast over at Escaping Fragility, a show about building a life for yourself, being safe, being secure, having a plan B, so that if this crazy world of 2020 continues or gets worse, which a lot of the numbers are suggesting it will, then you and your family will be protected. A lot of my content for my personal brand has been focused on giving people the knowledge, the expertise, the skills, and just the awareness of some of the craziness that's going on so that they can protect themselves, so that they can fight back, so that they can be civilly disobedient, so that we can stymie the ever encroaching spread of government and of corporate and political agenda. If more citizens do not stand up, fight back, speak up, there's gonna be nothing left to protect. And I don't like fear mongering and I'm generally optimistic person, but 2020 has stressed me out. At first it didn't, but then it did. When I really saw what was going on, when I read a little bit between the lines, and even now, the craziness is continuing, and I don't see it letting up anytime soon. The masses are too easily manipulated, and so I'm more concerned what's going to happen in 2021 when the next flu season comes through and another coronavirus is weaponized, and then who knows what's going to happen. Travel restrictions, mandatory vaccines, chipped and prodded like cattle. People think it can't happen. They stick their head down, but they did in Mao's China. They did in Stalin's Russia. They did in Nazi Germany. And then it was too late. And who pays the price? It's always, always, always the citizens 
that are having faith and that are just hoping things get better. They're the ones that always pay the price. So the first thing we can do is protect ourselves and our family, have our plan B, have an escape option, and then we can help others. Head over to Colin.coach, get on the AM5 newsletter. You'll get all the shows every week. And you can also find me on YouTube and iTunes or Spotify or Google Play. Get prepared before it's too late.